Monday, which means that we talk food and drink and a little bit of a change for today. Normally, I have one soundbite guest, but today I decided that it's about time we took Andrew Dembina's hat off from his usual work of being a reporter on food and drinks and invite him over to be a soundbite guest. And he joins me now. Good afternoon to you, Andrew. Good afternoon, Sadia. I was very pleased to get this opportunity, actually. It made me ponder for a moment yeah. what kind of dishes I would even think of to talk about. Well, um, well, before yeah. we talk about them, I mean, this is a good opportunity for me because normally what happens is when you come on to do the news, then you've got a list of things that you're going through. But now it's my turn to, yeah. <laughs> to ask you. And uh, really, exactly. before anything else, let me just ask you, before we talk about your soundbite, your mm. interest in food... Now, how long have you had this? Is is it something that's come from your childhood or what? You know, how long have you been interested in the food area? That, that um, it really, the, the, the times that I helped make food at home growing up with my parents would have been for just a couple, two or three specific types of, of dishes. I can't say that I ever was under an illusion that I would go into a culinary career in terms of Mm -hmm. making food Mm -hmm. myself, but I did get stuck in hands-on with a couple of interesting ones. I was really grateful that my mum got myself and uh, my younger sister later involved in some of the fun stuff like... uh, like biscuit making mm. and cake making, mm. um, the old kind of uh, lick the uh, yeah, lick the bowl, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, also, I remember it was really good fun making uh, burgers that were home ground uh, meat by mm-hmm. my mother, mm-hmm. and then helping to um, chop up. It was the early days of food processors that that turned things to pulp sometimes instead yeah. of being as sensitive <laughs> as they are today. So. So there's a little trial and error in there, but that was that, that was good fun. So there were a few things that I did get some hands-on experience with that, but I did. I've always loved, um, uh, as as I'm sure many people who don't get the chance to report on it, loved trying different dishes. I've mm-hmm. been always open-minded. I wasn't fussy eater okay. at all. And what kind of food, as you were growing up, what was what was on the dinner table? What was the things that you right. you know you really enjoyed? Well, so I grew up in the UK, yeah. and I'm also uh, from a not very orthodox Jewish family mm-hmm. as an upbringing. Mm-hmm. And so, like many liberal Jewish families, as they're kind of known as over there, um, there would be certain dishes. There'd be certain kind of uh, high holidays in the year where certain festive dishes may have been made. But there were also some staples, and. We, I did grow up with the notion that we would have a family dinner on a Friday evening, which mm-hmm. was when the Sabbath candles yes. were lit. Yes. Yeah, and we would always have something like the, people who, are, who 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 don't partake of you know such dinners would probably have seen or heard of things like chicken soup, and um, it was always it was always a um, a roast chicken for dinner, and that's one of the dishes that I've chosen on mm. a list. Mm. So you asked me to, mm-hmm. you know, what dishes would I would spring to mind? And it's funny, it comes from the some of the earliest meals I can remember with my uh, then alive grandparents who would be invited around for Friday night dinner sometimes, mm-hmm. and there would be um, a, a roast chicken with roast potatoes with all the words. very Uh-oh. traditionally yes okay. yeah, but, but basically it's something that could be it's a very british roast yes, dinner yes. That, that people would enjoy anyway to be honest um although what came before it was sometimes a very kind of 
Jewish traditional chicken soup with matzah balls, which is, uh, I don't know if you know what matzahs are, but they are a a kind of a cracker, a little bit like a water biscuit. Yes, 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 I've seen them. Um, yeah, and they're and they're they're kind of broken up and pulverised and made into seasoned. Um, oh, uh, oh I see. Um, it's made yeah. from the crackers. That's interesting. Yeah, well, yes, with, with but then so the crackers are then um, hydrated, and there's also some um, some uh, mozza flour that makes the crackers in the first place, mm-hmm. so that you have a, a combination of. Uh, the mozza flour that would go into that, mm. and uh, and also some seasoning. Because the my chicken, my mum would make them. Yeah, Sorry. the chicken soup is a very popular yeah. thing, isn't it? Because it seems like the chicken soup is almost like a, a solution to everything, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. Have some chicken soup. Well, it's like a cup of tea in Britain, where you know if you don't yeah. feel well, go have a <laughs> cup of tea. Yeah, it's a yeah. very clear soup, though, isn't it? It's a broth, yeah, mm. and it's uh, and it's made by uh, by a lot many hours of simmering mm. um, a uh, uh, what would be called in a in a Jewish household a boiling chicken mm-hmm. so it was used for soup and sometimes if it was super simmered there wouldn't be much flavor left in the chicken and that wouldn't really be served up as the as the main dish but there would be pieces of the chicken yeah it would be cut into pieces to be served in the soups there'd sometimes be some uh, carved carved flesh or uh, maybe a wing or uh, part of a drumstick and so on. Oh. So that, that that would be in there. And also, although the broth itself is clear, there would also be um, some um, sliced carrots and other root vegetables which had added to the flavour of the soup while it was simmering and onions. Mm. So so there was all of that in there. Um, and if it was a if it was a uh, a hot summer's day, which didn't happen too often in, uh, in, the, in UK. the kind of London area, <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, yeah, uh, then then there would be uh, an alternative to a steaming bowl of chicken soup on a on a warm day would be um, chopped liver, which is another um, starter, a bit okay. like a liver pate, chicken liver pate, okay. with um, yeah, which is which is mixed with hard-boiled egg and um that's about it with seasoning so you have um, clear memories of that from your childhood yeah. that that was the you know you I were do. having that regularly um yeah that was i mean it's pretty much um it was almost every friday night not always but it was pretty much kind of on the on the cards if there wasn't something else sort of going on but if we were at home that's what we would have and often in my younger childhood days the grandparents would be invited around sometimes cousins or we would go to our grandparents to have it there Mm. so that would that would happen sometimes and something um uh from the kind of um the few jewish recipes that did go on through my childhood teens years was that something else that you may have heard of not sure gefilte fish do you know that it's oh um, is it the pickled one the kind of oh Oh, no, because oh, no, I know that pickled herring and things like yeah, that are quite common. Yeah, that's true, that's true. That They are, and and those herrings can be ground into make a, making a paste as well. But no, gefilte fish is something which is uh, which takes some steaming or light boiling or simmering again uh-huh. of, of fish, which is then minced and made into oversized by Hong Kong standards fish balls oh, or right. fish patties. Okay. Um, they're se- seasoned and uh, celery and... Uh, carrot is also in the in the blend in the mix, mm, and um, and they're 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 healthy enough, but they they don't have a lot of taste because it's boiled or steamed fish. It's a very subtle taste, even when seasoned with salt and pepper, mm-hmm. um, and with little bits of onion, celery, and um, carrot. But okay. so my mum 
Uh, yeah, my mum took, she, she actually got inventive, and I've included a photo that I sent to you, Sadia, mm-hmm. of uh, what she called gefilterfish gefilte fish Provençal. Oh, right. <laughs> so it was, so yeah, there, that looks there, nice. That looks yeah, very nice. It, it does. There's a, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, there are a lot of dishes in the south of France, in the uh, um, Provençal region, where tomato, onion, and sometimes black olives are used. Uh, we, as young children, she wouldn't dream of putting olives in there, or, or we would, or we would sort of slide them to one side if, uh, mm-hmm. if, if, uh, if that was the case. A bit like I heard your previous uh, guest that you had on mm. earlier, um, who talking about the uh, the fussy children in the UK. Yes. They weren't fussy, but not many children <laughs> like olives, do they? Not it's, many um, children, no, it's no. certainly not. Well, I think yeah. olives and peas, I think kids tend to sort of push aside on the plate somehow. But, um, oh, but that looks really that looks really quite nice. So that is it now. Is. Would you? When I asked you to kind of choose, mm. you've chosen, and, and I assume that somebody who's such a foodie would probably have more than a couple of things that they mm. like. So that is yeah. certainly one of the dishes that you've chosen as as your soundbite, right? Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, capilta fish provencal, which is that boiled stuff and steamed stuff that I mentioned, mm-hmm. slathered in a southern French sauce and put into a casserole dish and goes into the oven. And some herbs the on the top of that as well. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. You yeah. can see these pictures herbs. on my Facebook page, Sadia's Money on Radio 3 RTHK. You can have a look at those pictures. So what other soundbite yeah. dish have you chosen? Well... Moving on then, when I left the UK, came here in the early 90s mm-hmm. um, and met my now wife, um, who's from Hainan Island, mm-hmm. who introduced me to the Hainan real chicken. Hainan chicken. Yeah. Not the stuff that we get in restaurants oh, in Hong Kong. Okay. Not, which, 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 um, there's nothing wrong with it at all, but, they, but those representations are the Singaporean version. Okay. So it's the Hainanese Chinese who left Hainan Island and went to live so in Singapore. So what's the Singapore. real... What's the well, real? So, in, 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 Hain, in Hainan itself, the, the, the sources are very different. There's only one source. There's, um, in, in, in Singapore, there's a sweet black soy mm. and a red chili tomato mm-hmm. paste. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they have a third one, which is garlic and ginger and yes. a lot of oil. Yes. In, in, in Hainan, um, there's only one source, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's soy, a splash of oil, of warm oil, and minced uh, ginger. Uh, and chopped garlic. So mm. that's the one sauce. There's mm-hmm. no sweetness in it whatsoever, but it's a beautiful way to eat chicken. Even though poultry is not the fattiest of meats, it cuts through any residual fats from the um, from the boiling or steaming of the chicken. Traditionally, it would be boiled. The chicken would be boiled, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and then a stock comes from Makes the rice boiling well. uh, the chicken, which is then then goes into the rice, yes. which gets cooked in the chicken broth instead of water. Um, but the everyday, well, it's not everyday, but the, but the regular Hainan chicken in Hainan, the one that, uh, that my wife and her family um, make in Hong Kong, is just with regular uh, steamed rice because it's a little kind of oilier and richer mm. um, to have a chicken broth in the rice all the time. You know, it's kind of a lot heavier mm-hmm, to digest. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful so, picture that you've got there. It looks amazing, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really it's it's such a satisfying meal for me. This and uh, and uh, and it was something that I tried very early on in the uh, in the early days of coming to to Hong Kong, and uh, and I really enjoy the difference of Singaporean. Um, the Singaporean version, but I just I do find the rice a bit rich. So I do mm. like it. So uh, does it bring back memories of that time when you actually came? 
Yeah, uh, yes and no. I mean, it's funny. We've gone through phases as a family um, of eating at home this dish. We would often have it uh, once a week for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of got out of the habit. So it's quite nice sometimes with any foods. I don't know if you agree, Sadia, but, but if you haven't had it for a while, yes. sometimes when, you, when yes. it's on a weekly roster... Yeah. Um, it, it's sort of as delicious and as much as you may love it, it doesn't have the same impact no, and, no. Or, right. or prompt memories, does it? Brilliant, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, another thing that I loved, you know, when I, when I did come to Hong Kong um, from the UK, I was used to a certain amount of dairy in mm-hmm. my uh, diet, loved cheese, and uh, in the 90s, early 90s, there was not a lot of dairy products there was a very limited amount compared to now mm-hmm. um and uh and i found though that when eating the i i wasn't a cheese connoisseur i just liked cheddar usually mature yeah. cheddar something yeah. with a bit of bite and edge yeah and um uh, what i found though like with dark spirits um that's whiskey which is my favorite spirit um i find it hard to enjoy it in a humid climate so dairy i find is um it just doesn't sit well with me to eat it it doesn't matter if i'm sitting in a conditioned room that's interesting Um, Mm. yeah because because you still go from a to b you're still going out and about doing things in you know in what's essentially for you know seven or plus months of the year is highly humid and i just find that certain drinks People do. People it doesn't who, suit know, you I anymore. To... Do you feel that the whole dairy side of things doesn't suit your body anymore? Well, that's that's a, that's another aspect and a good one to to point out. Mm. Yes, I think that actually, that I, over the years, I've become also uh, not intolerant, but oh. I find that I don't that I don't uh, sort of take too much dairy in my diet too that's well. Funny, that. It doesn't have a, any real adverse reactions, yeah. but I just don't feel great with it. It's but actually it, not it not good for you because I, it's interesting because my husband too, um, mm. he recently found that, you know, um, it's not suiting him and, and he's kind oh. of given up on dairy. And, 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 and you just mentioned this whole thing about humidity and stuff. And I wonder mm. whether that is one of the reasons that, you know, perhaps the bodies kind of don't adapt to it as well as they do in cold climates, perhaps. Maybe, yes, because traditionally in Hong Kong, I think even, even you know, back in the early 90s, um, there were far fewer uh, people enjoying dairy uh, milk in, mm, uh, mm. In, 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 in dishes, drinks and so on. So, yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. I've also been going for oat milk and rice milk yes, and exactly. almond milk for, for a few years now. Um, not exclusively. I will occasionally have a splash of dairy, but yeah. I try not to have it. You avoid it, right. Yeah. You, you have another yeah, dish so, lined up too, haven't you? Well, yeah, the next on my list is uh, steamed fish canto style, mm. which for... Um, I didn't supply a picture, but we've all, uh, anyone who's been to Cantonese restaurants will have probably seen the simple steamed fish yeah, with, lovely. Um, with spring onion and, uh, and soy sauce um, and a sprig of coriander. And it's, it's just, uh, for me, nothing could beat that for years. And it's really, it's really funny. I, I think it's to do again with the climate and thinking that mm. sitting in outdoor restaurants, I've lived in, I have lived, I lived in the city for several of my first few years in a few different places, Kowloon, New Territories, Hong Kong Island for a while. And then uh, enjoying going to seafood meals as day trips, part of a day trip, maybe to an outlying island or to Saikung or somewhere like that. Um, 
sitting outside, again, it always brings to mind the kind of hot and humid weather, the lightness of some seafood mm. and the no-nonsense of steamed fish, mm. not too adulterated. Um, I just found a magnificent dish that would have been my favourite dish for 10-plus years wow. from the mid-90s. Um, but um, that when I joined RTHK full-time from 2007 for a few years and uh, sometimes uh, checked out the menu in the canteen down in the basement there <laughs> from where you're sitting now, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, there, was, there was one particular dish that I had a few times which I hadn't really tried before. I was trying to just try different things. I think I saw one of my colleagues, actually, um, one of our colleagues, Angie Mann, having this one lunchtime, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. looked pretty interesting. Turned out it was um, aubergine or eggplant yes. with minced pork uh, as a sauce. Uh, with with in, in the sauce are hints of salted fish mixed in. Very popular, isn't it? That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's called Yuhun Kedi Fan, and anyone who speaks Cantonese will will laugh at my pronunciation there, as they sometimes <laughs> do in the canteen. I had one this Saturday, oh. knowing that I was coming on this program. I took a picture of it so oh, as I came in to film well, my it show. Looks great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, what I yeah. like so much about the, you know, I, I'm really partial to aubergines. And what mm. I really like about seeing, you know, when I see it in Chinese dishes, is that the aubergine is always looking fantastic with regards to colour. It looks mm. perfect. You can see the colour perfectly because they probably blanch it slightly or or fry it. Um, but yeah. it just maintains Definitely. that beautiful purple colour. While I find that if you were using aubergines in kind of Indian food and things like that, they are uh-huh. basically cooked to death and, and you, they lose yeah. their colour. And that's mm. what's so appealing about, you know, Chinese food where you see that everything maintains the original colour. And it is yeah. they, they try very hard to maintain that color I, I i agree and also i think people that come to hong kong uh having only had chinese food in places in other parts of yeah. the world yeah. are also i think we're surprised at that but the and also not only is it the color that's preserved and the texture of vegetables but also the quantity mm. of uh, the ratio of vegetable to meat or to yeah. other so the vegetable is the star and yeah. there's yeah. both visually and in quantity, isn't it? Yeah, no, so. absolutely. And I and I think that, you know, we've actually managed very much because there isn't that much meat that needs to be eaten that you do cut down. And you actually end up cutting down on your starch, on your rice, because you've got yeah. plenty of vegetables to keep you going, which is lovely. And I think that is, that is the key, really, to eating mm. healthy. Well... I, I don't know if I'm allowed to return a question to you then. Mm. Out of all of uh, out of all of the sort of Cantonese dishes that you've tried, do you have a favourite? Putting you on the spot. Though. Well, I do like the the chicken. I do like the chicken. It's probably I've tried the sort of Singaporean things, but I like dim sum. Mm. I mean, dim sum is very much, and I like the crispy goose and the duck. Ah, yes. And I just yeah. love I lo- I love that, and and the steamed fish. I I think you know, like mm. you, I really can't boil it down to one favorite yeah but i and i really enjoy just eating lots of vegetables which is so nice because they all look so crunchy and they all taste great and everything so so i think you know chinese food is pretty much up there but i don't think that you know if you were going to the uk and you wanted a chinese dish it's not going to look anything it's not going to be like what you eat here full stop because it's really for the palate 
uh, in, in the UK. Lots of sweet and sour, lots of sticky stuff. Um, that's what they Overcooked. like. Overcooked. Yeah. Overcooked a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, my wife found that when we first went to a Cantonese restaurant um, when, when her first trip to London. Mm. And uh, it was, we had uh, what was Peking duck or supposed to be, and it was the crispy duck, which isn't really found anywhere in Hong Kong. It's mm. just totally dry. Uh, a bit like wood, she said, if I remember <laughs> correctly. Okay. Yeah. Well, you've got one last picture for your soundbite yeah. to mention. So we have sure, about a really minute quick, or so. Really quick mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I um, I was lucky enough uh, years ago to work for certain magazines and newspapers doing a lot of food writing and stories and on media trips. And my best meal anywhere, and mm-hmm. I'm not in awe of the rightly lauded French cuisine, but I'm mm-hmm. not in awe of it among above other things. Mm-hmm. However, in Paris, the best meal I had was at a place called Prey Catalan, which was in a, a mansion in the middle of a park, mm. and it had, among other things, the most outrageous bread trolley. Yeah, it looks so fantastic. So many different varieties of baguette. <gasps> looks good. Yeah. You can't beat the yeah. bread in Paris, though, can you? I That's mean. it. It was, it was the most simple thing in the restaurant in a, a three-hour lunch that I had, but it was also <laughs> the most memorable. Wow. Yeah. Well, it looks good. Yeah. And, and you know the baguettes there in Paris, we've only got 20 seconds here, but the baguettes mm. in Paris, what I like about them is that right then when you buy them, they are fresh and you eat them then. If you leave them yeah. just for a little while, they get solid as rock. <laughs> can't buy it. them. And then you've got to make <laughs> yeah. something else out of them. Um, Andrew, yeah. thank you so much for your soundbite. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And, um, Thanks, Nadia. I'm salivating now so thank you ever so much and we'll talk to you again next week <laughs> okay thank you thanks a lot Bye. see you then